Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 11, 1 through 15, called Kingdom Questions. When we're going through our own struggles, let's be honest, sometimes that's what we ask. If we're going to be truthful, whether we say it out loud or not, sometimes we might have questions about, is Jesus the one? Is he really the way, the truth, and the life? Can he be trusted? Peter, you know, when all those people walked away in John chapter 6, Jesus said to the apostles, do you also want to go away? And Peter, I think, answered the question for all of us. Where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life. That's John six sixty eight. So we can have our moments. John had his moment. He had expectations that were not met. Second application is his situation. His situation is obvious. He's not where he wants to be. He was faithful to God. He went out in the desert. He preached the baptism of repentance. He stood his ground against a wicked king. Why am I in my situation? And maybe you feel the same way right now. Uh, Our situations are not always what we want them to be, whether for us or someone we love. I mean, let's face it, this world is so built that we can always be worrying about something. There's always something going wrong for somebody on the planet. Just watch the news for 10 minutes and you'll be reminded of it every time so you can drive yourself a little bit more crazy if that's what you want to do. And you know that the news stories are on a loop, right? Y'all know that? Watch about 10 minutes and you're done. That will help your health out. Are you the expected one? Should we look for someone else? I mean, we can understand. I think if we were there, we might be asking the questions as well. But let me just say that there is no one else. If you decide to walk away from Jesus, there's nowhere else to go. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's on his way to a cross to pay for our sin debt. We can trust him because of what he's done for us. And so Jesus responds in verse 4. He says, go, Uh, Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John. Give word to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, verse five. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. R.T. France says that Jesus's response to John gives John a theological framework where he could be steadied in his faith. I'm paraphrasing what France said, but basically what Jesus now does is quotes the book of Isaiah to firm up John's faith or doubt. I want you to hold your place in Matthew, turn over to Luke just for a moment, Luke 7. There's a parallel account and there's a little cool nugget in here that I want you to see about the timing of the works of Jesus, Luke 7, 21, 22. Here's what Luke says. He's sharing the same account are you the expected one, Luke seven twenty, or do we look for someone else? Notice what Luke says. At that very time, Luke seven twenty one, Jesus cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he granted sight to many who were blind. And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. Something to note. Jesus did miracles right in front of the, uh, the disciples of John. I think to give them a visual affirmation of the facts. 
I don't know what these disciples of John had seen so far, whether everything they heard was accurate about the Messiah, but now they got to see with their own eyes, him open blind eyes, open deaf ears, etc. That's pretty cool, isn't it? In other words, they would go back with their faith so strengthened that they could go to their teacher and say, yes, I've seen it with my own eyes. Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he's fulfilling the prophecies in the book of Isaiah. Amen? That's the graciousness of God. That's his compassion to touch people right on the spot, but also to affirm John's faith and to say, I don't want you just to believe what you've heard. I want you to know that your disciples have now seen what I'm doing. And I'm sure they went back with a little extra skip in their step and said, John, hold on. He is Messiah. We watched it with our own eyes. It's a beautiful thing to see the compassion of our God. In the book of Isaiah, there's prophecy written about what the Messiah would do. Why don't you turn with me to Isaiah 35? If you don't want to turn there, we're going to try to throw this up on the screen for you. I I mentioned to you grounding the Messiah, what he would do, what he would say, what he would be in the Old Testament. Let's just look at one beautiful scripture. This is predicting the work of Messiah in Isaiah 35. We're looking at verses uh, one through six. Here's what it says. The wilderness and the desert will be glad and the Arabah will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. 35.2. It will blossom profusely and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Encourage the exhausted, can't help but think of John, and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage. Fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance. Hold on, John, we might say. Judgment is coming, but first these beautiful works. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer. The tongue of the dumb will shout for joy, for waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabah. Skipping down to verse 10. And the ransom of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion. With everlasting joy upon their heads, they will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Praise God. Back to Matthew chapter 11. Much more I could say. There's a prophecy in Malachi 4 about healing being in the wings of the Messiah and they will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. That's Malachi 4.2. In Isaiah 61.1, Uh, The Lord has anointed me, the Messiah, speaking prophetically because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Everything that Jesus was doing was anchored in the Old Testament prophecy. And that's what Jesus says. You go back and you tell John that everything I am doing is what the Bible said about me. Look at verse 6, Matthew 11. And blessed, you could call this a little beatitude. Blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. Blessed is he who doesn't stumble over the way I'm doing things. You know, we all have perhaps expectations. If someone in a Jewish context was thinking, if I ever live to see the Messiah, I'm sure it'll look like this. They could have isolated certain passages or had in their own mind what it would look like. And Jesus said, blessed are you if you don't stumble over the way I'm doing the Father's will, the work of Messiah. Blessed are you if you don't stumble over this. Happy is he who is not caused to stumble by the way I'm doing my work. John had not fallen, but certainly you could say John was on the verge of stumbling. And Jesus knew it. And so he strengthened him. And I I, I believe that oftentimes when we're on the verge, 
Maybe we feel like we're going to fall. Maybe we feel like we're, you know, we're beginning to limp. And next thing we know, we may spiritually fall. I believe the Lord can give you a word in due season to encourage you. I believe he often does that through scripture, uh, devotional time, through a message we hear from a pastor, through a radio program. There are ways that the Lord, he knows where you're at. And he can bring a word. He can bring one Bible verse texted by a friend, whatever it may be. Uh, A devotion that you stumble upon, you get it. Blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. And as these were going away, now that's John's disciples, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes about John. And now Jesus has his own question. This is the second question of the four we've uh, kind of built this message around. As they were going away, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes about John certainly within earshot of the disciples walking away. What did you go out to the wilderness to look at? The word look at is where we get the modern English word theater. Did you go to see a reed shaken by the wind? When you went out to hear John preach and he was saying, repent, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And he was doing that baptism of repentance and everybody was flocking. Did you think that he was like a reed blown around by the wind? John did not blow with every wind of doctrine. John was firm in his conviction, though he was experiencing some doubt at the moment. And I'll just say this. Sometimes you can watch yourself be as firm as firm can be. You, you could feel like I, I'm, I'm this close to heaven. I feel like my feet are planted on the rock. And 12 hours later, you could be a different person. Amen? You could have doubts flood your mind. You can feel like, how could I be so feeble and weak? But that's just the human condition. But John was no reed shaken by the wind. Why would Jesus say this? Well, that is a problem, isn't it? It seems like a lot of uh, preachers these days blow with the wind. Blow with the cultural wind. Blow with every wind of doctrine. And that shouldn't be happening. But it does. Old mainline denominations have pretty much bailed on every essential doctrine of the historic Christian faith. They blow with the wind. That wasn't John. But why did Jesus say that? Because John was blown a little bit. And I think it was a way to firm him up. In other words, they were going to go back and say, this is what he said, this is what he did, and this is what he said about you. And John had to feel a little taller, a little bit more encouraged that Jesus knew who he was. And hopefully it stabilized his faith. He, John was no reed blowing with the wind. He was no Mr. Pliable, like Pilgrim's Progress lays out. He didn't play to the crowds, though he could have. Another question, Jesus has a couple of what's and a why. What did you go out to see? Verse 8, a man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. Now, ironically, John was in the king's palace, but he was in the dungeon. (laughs) And John did not wear soft clothing like those in the palace halls. You know what he wore? A camel's hair suit, baby. No matter if it was 105, he was wearing the camel's hair and it wasn't comfortable. And his diet was Locust Lucky Charms. Do you remember? They're magically delicious. And, all right, Locust and Wild Honey cereal, whatever it was, this dude was an outdoorsman. It wasn't about comfort. It wasn't about king's palaces. It wasn't about a smooth tongue telling you what you want to hear in the slickest suit on the planet. None of that. That wasn't John. John was fiery and firm. And Jesus, once again, probably affirming John. He's going to hear this. I know where you are, but, and I know what you've done. I know what you've sacrificed for me. Hold on. And now, two what's and a why. But why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes. 
I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet, do you know that John the Baptist has a very unique place in uh, salvation history? Because who else had prophecy written about him as well as the Messiah? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. A quick reminder, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. About half the ministry is supported by our church family, but we would love for more listener support. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. I know what you've sacrificed for me. Hold on. And now, two what's and a why. But why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes. I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet, do you know that John the Baptist has a very unique place in uh, salvation history because who else had prophecy written about him as well as the Messiah? John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was the pivot point between the old and the new. He was the one who announced the coming of the one who is the new covenant. And that was John. And Jesus says, not only is he a prophet, he's more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, quoting from Malachi 3.1, probably combined with Exodus 23.20. Behold, verse 10, I send my messenger, that's John, before your face, who will prepare your way, that is the way of God or Messiah, before you. John had the uh, baptism of preparation, the baptism of repentance. He was the messenger. He was the voice in the wilderness crying out, make ready the way of the Lord. That was John. Jesus, his accolades for John are amazing. Prophecy about John. And he says, truly I say to you, 11, among those born of women, born of women just means those born in the natural way, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. There's no one greater than him. You want to start naming names? Moses, David, Jeremiah, Isaiah, name your name. No one greater than this man. Now that is some amazing accolades. And the beauty of that is that was going to get back to John. You're a great man, John. You've done your job. You've done well. And I think all of this, not only is it packed with truth, but it is intended to steady John in his prison situation. But then this little caveat that raises a question. There's been no one... Uh, arisen that has arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist yet, end of 11, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. And all God's people said, what? You mean that Christian friend of mine who can never get their act together is greater than John the Baptist? You gotta be kidding me. How could any modern believer be greater than a man who no one was greater than, like David and Moses and others and Joshua. How does that work? Well, greater in this sense. John did not get to experience the new covenant. He died before it was initiated. 
In Luke twenty two twenty, Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood as he passed that cup of the Seder meal, the cup of redemption. And then Jesus would die the next day to institute the new covenant. John never experienced the new covenant. And the evidence is that John didn't experience being born again of the Holy Spirit and sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now here's a key verse just to write down. John 7, 39. Jesus spoke of the Spirit, John 7, 39. Whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In John 20, 22, Jesus breathes on the apostles and says, receive the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit doesn't come in the new covenant sense until the day of Pentecost. John died before that. John was the bridge, the pivot point, but he, had not, he did not experience becoming a new creation in Christ. And some of you are saying, well, hold on a minute. John was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was yet in his mama's womb. Yes, it's true. And John certainly preached with the power of the Holy Spirit, but he did not experience the new covenant, new birth like we do on this side of the cross. Everybody with me? He was the pivot. He was the bridge, if you will. And something for us just to kind of assimilate into our souls. It is a privilege to live this side of the cross. It is a privilege to be in the new covenant. It is a privilege to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is a privilege to know that we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ credited to our account. Amen? Amen. Now, John announced that. And of course, he's going to be... obviously a critical part of the kingdom, but he did not experience it in his lifetime. That's what Jesus means. So if you consider yourself least in the kingdom of God, you have a greater privilege, are you ready, than John the Baptist. That, to me, is mind-blowing. And I'm not sure that I always live my life with that kind of gratitude in light of that reality. But that is the reality. And so Jesus goes on. And he says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. Now, my question three was, how could we be greater than John the Baptist? I think we've answered that question. We'll have one more question. But first, Jesus says something about John. From the days of John the Baptist, 12, until now, the kingdom of heaven, that's our big theme in Matthew, suffers violence and violent men take it by force. Now, there's two ways to see this verse. One, the kingdom of heaven suffering violence is an obvious uh, word, violence, just like it sounds. When the wise men come into Jerusalem, where is he who was born king of the Jews? What did Herod do? He killed all the baby boys in Bethlehem two years and younger. And he caused weeping in that area of the world, right? Violence. Jesus had just warned the apostles that don't fear him who can kill your body. There's going to be hatred among family members and etc. All that tough stuff that we saw in chapter 10. We know that John the Baptist was going to die a violent death under the hands of Herod. And Jesus was headed to the brutality of crucifixion. How much more violent can it get than those you know, scenes that I've just laid out for you? So taking it at face value, the kingdom of God is suffering violence. It's being attacked, if you will, and men are trying to take it. Some believe the the end here is take it by force. But there's a parallel verse in Luke 16, 16. You don't have to turn there. Here's how Luke records it. The law and the prophets, Luke 16, 16, were proclaimed until John. Since then, the gospel of the kingdom is preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. Now, the second way to see this verse is simply this. 
that there's an urgency and you almost have to have a violent attitude in pressing into the kingdom of God through the narrow gate, if you will. Make sure you get in. Make sure you treat it as the pearl of great price that it is. And I think that for me, I would land that there's truth in both interpretations. One, yes, the kingdom suffers violence. Basic meaning. Two, it's time to enter into it, to do whatever you can do to make sure that you get in, that you trust in Jesus. Look at Matthew eleven thirteen, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Now, just stop there for a second. You can see that John is the last in the line of all these prophets. You can go back to Moses. You can go back to Joshua. You can think of Elijah and Elisha. Chronicle your Bible, David and others. John is the last of those Old Testament prophets. He announced the Messiah, and the Messiah was there. You've been listening to Kingdom Questions Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 15. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, as we think about kingdom questions and we think about the questions that maybe people ask, you know, lots of times questions are asked about spiritual gifts or the end times or that kind of thing. And maybe you even have some questions about the issue of prophecy. Maybe you've heard some people give prophecies in quotes. You know, I was just looking at an article briefly, just didn't get into the content, but I've heard it before. And it was prophecies about the presidential election. And of course, there were people making prophecies in 2020 and they were wrong. And they, you know, pretty much seemed to be guaranteeing that they were hearing from the Lord. Well, it didn't come to pass. And perhaps you're in, you know, maybe this is nothing you come across, but some of you are in circles where, you know, you you hear people rattling off prophecies and and they're even saying thus says the lord and then they're they're giving something that's outside the bible and you're like okay how do i measure that well we measure all things by the word of god right and of course when someone says something then we see well does it come to pass and that's at least one consideration but we always take all things back to the word of god and when we're in a tough spot as john the baptist was and we have our own questions we may be a little bit more susceptible to wrong thinking or even false doctrine. So we need to stay rooted and grounded in the Word of God. That's the key. Meditate on His Word day and night. You'll be like a tree, firmly planted. You'll have all that you need to discern things correctly. This is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are excited that you're walking with us through the incredible gospel of Matthew. Hey, I want to tell you about a special event happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're hosting the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference here in Southern California, and it's happening March 1st and 2nd. It has a dynamic lineup of speakers. It's a Friday night and a Saturday, 
And it's called Losing Our Humanity, How a Culture Unmoored from Faith is Drifting Away from Virtue. We're going to have a link from the Walk in Truth website, walkintruth.com, where you can check out the conference and you can sign up. The price is very reasonable for the caliber of speakers. You get a lunch and it's really an exciting weekend. If you're a person who wants to grow in your faith, you want to get a little deeper, you want to have a chance to hear some breakout sessions and some of the top-notch apologetic speakers around, well, this is the conference for you. And there's early bird pricing available. You can link to the Dare to Defend website when you go to walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're anywhere in the IE or within driving distance of the Inland Empire, come on out to this. Make this a priority. It's early March. You will grow. You will be challenged. You will be encouraged. These are some top thinkers in the Christian world. And I'll tell you what, it's a dynamic weekend, and I think you'd be excited to join us. So link to that particular site at walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 11, 1 through 15, called Kingdom Questions. From a practical standpoint, it doesn't really matter. I mean, whatever, whoever's right, it's all going to work out and it may not even matter to our generation. Amen. So, so I wouldn't get nervous about it and do a deep dive on an Elijah study for the next six months. I'm Mike Massaro on behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.